The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I would say... A big memory that sticks out to me was coming out of the tunnel for Akron when Frost's first game. I've never heard the tunnel that loud before, and sadly we didn't get to play that game. We got rained out, but that speaks out or jumps out to me. I would also say, you know, like winter conditioning is like no one ever really thinks about that, but like sometimes that grind of doing those, like you as teammates, you really bond together through that adversity and like some of those days are like, wow, we really just did that and like coming back to the locker room and like just talking about it. It was some great memories. That was Nebraska offensive lineman Brock Bando, one of twelve players who will be honored during senior day Saturday at Memorial Stadium, recalling his favorite moment at the Huskers venerable home. If you're looking to summarize the most recent era of Husker football, now nearing its end, that might do it. A senior Lincoln native who was here for all of it named the tunnel walk before a game that didn't happen as his highlight. I want to be very clear here. I'm not making light of this. Rather, Bando's comment sort of stopped me in my tracks because he might be right. I remember walking around downtown Lincoln in the days leading up to that 2018 Akron game. Our office was downtown at the time, and the entire city seemed to have a skip in its step. It went far beyond the potential for a new season. This was promise, real promise. Even though nobody really knew what Nebraska could be in year one under Scott Frost, the Huskers had gotten their guy. His past performance as a coach spoke for itself. Nebraska might not be better right away, but it would be better, just a matter of time, and it was time to get that clock started. Who knows what would have happened if that Akron game hadn't been canceled, but the Zips looked like bit players as 24-point underdogs in what was to be a narrative-building night. Had it unfolded exactly like that, say, 31-7 Nebraska, it almost certainly would have been a false positive, but so what? Let the people have their party. Instead, the weather won that day. When you really think back to what the tunnel walk was like, the pressurized passion that had built all offseason, never to truly find a release, it is hard to come up with a moment since then that matched it. There's some sadness to that, but the more I think about it, the more I think it's a positive and hopeful way to look back on a career nearing its end. Of course, Bando, who arrived at Nebraska in 2017, and the rest of his senior classmates have one more chance to make something more memorable happen at Memorial Stadium. Nebraska's not going to a bowl game. This isn't classic Wisconsin either. But the Huskers haven't beaten the Badgers since 2012. The Huskers aren't expected to do so on Saturday, but they could. And given the context, that might feel pretty great. You're listening to the IAD Preview, Huskers Badgers Edition. I'm Hale Varsity Managing Editor Brandon Vogel. Let's talk some football. We'll jump into the first half of this week's show with a false start. 
Normally, I would review the keys from last week's matchup. We're going to skip that this week because there's not much point. Michigan looked like a top five team. Nebraska looked like a program that hasn't had a winning season since 2016. A program that hasn't had a winning season since 2016 and is playing under an interim head coach with a pair of backup quarterbacks. For the moment, Nebraska was unable to turn a 30-yard gain on the opening drive into points against Michigan. The Wolverines were in complete control, and they never relinquished it. Nebraska fought, but was out, outmatched, and we can kind of leave it at that. We'll move to this week's game with a look at the opening line. Circus Sports on Sunday afternoon opened Wisconsin at minus 13, and the lines pretty much remained there, at least through the, the middle of the week when I recorded this. It felt a bit high at release, at least to me, though with Casey Thompson's status still up in the air, maybe that's why the Badgers were getting a little more benefit of the doubt. I say benefit of the doubt because the power ratings all seem to have this. Well, maybe not all, but the two that we look at each week have this trending a little bit lower. ESPN's SP Plus ratings have the Badgers at number 33 this week with a rating of 9.3. Nebraska has finally uh, held out till last week, but has finally fallen below the dreaded zero mark, which means it is below average, uh, or it means Nebraska. Nebraska's rating is minus 2.6 this week, meaning against the average college football team, it would be a 2.6 point underdog on a neutral field. Add those two numbers together, give Nebraska a little bit of points for home field advantage, An SP Plus puts this line closer to Wisconsin minus 9.5. ESPN's other primary power rating, FPI, pretty similar, though it has Wisconsin as the 23rd best team in the country, 5-5 Wisconsin, with a 9.5 rating. Nebraska is at minus 2.2, so even a little bit better than SP Plus, which has not been the case in weeks past. Same rating of 75th, though do the math on those two and FPI has the Badgers close to a little bit over actually a nine point favorite in Memorial Stadium. Per the Action Network, 76% of the public bets so far as of Wednesday of this week were on Nebraska. Don't know what percentage of the money was on Nebraska, but there's at least an indication that the public was was seeing seeing that 13 point line and saying eh, seems seems a bit high though the fact that the line hasn't moved indicates that maybe the smart money or at least the big money might still be on the badgers here but that's where things stand going into saturday's matchup Nebraska looks like a pretty deserving double digit underdog at this point We'll move on to the key players on each side. Here are three from Wisconsin to to get us started. Number one on the list, outside linebacker Nick Herbig. He ranks second nationally with 11 sacks and fifth nationally with 15.5 tackles for loss. He's had at least one TFL in nine of 10 games this season. And of course, uh, probably don't need to be reminded of this, but It strikes at a particular Husker weakness so far this season. Nebraska ranks 99th nationally with 28 sacks allowed. 
Number two for the Badgers. Go with running back Braylon Allen. Over the previous three games, Nebraska faced the top three rushers in the Big Ten. Allen is fourth on that list, and here he comes this week. He went over 1,000 yards rushing on the season last week in the Badgers' loss to Iowa. That makes him the fourth consecutive 1,000-yard rusher the Huskers have faced. Allen averages 5.44 yards per carry. That's better than either Illinois' Chase Brown or Minnesota's Mohamed Ibrahim. Something to keep an eye on. He's Allen's got some big playability, dangerous guy, big bruising type of guy, and as we'll get to a little bit in the second half, uh, Saturday is looking like the kind of day for a running back like that. Third for Wisconsin, we'll go with safety John Torchio. He's tied for second nationally with five interceptions on the year, and he's one of 13 players across the country with two interceptions returned for touchdowns this year. You'll notice, well, we'll see. Uh, if you're a Husker fan, hopefully you won't notice Torchio that way. But even if Nebraska's able to avoid giving him his sixth interception on the season, you'll notice him other ways. Just listen to the PA because the safety also ranks third on the team in tackles. Flip our game card over to the Nebraska side of things. Three keys for three key players for the Huskers. Number one, I'm going to go with edge rusher Garrett Nelson. Is he playing his last game as a Husker? Nelson said he didn't know this week, but the fourth-year junior isn't taking part in senior day, whatever that means in this weird era we find us in, uh, in in college football. Nelson's already set a career high with five and a half sacks this season. Nebraska could definitely do with a couple more on Saturday. The Badgers have their own issue with protecting the passer allowing 24 sacks so far this season, which ranks 84th nationally. Number two for Nebraska, I'm going to go back to running back Anthony Grant. After Saturday, Nebraska will have faced the top four rushers in the Big Ten. Fifth on that list, Nebraska's own Anthony Grant with 880 yards rushing on the season. Obviously, that means he needs 120 over the next two games to reach 1,000 yards, and it's not going to be easy, not against Wisconsin and then Iowa, but I expect Nebraska to give it a try, and the easiest way, easiest reading as a synonym here for perhaps improbable as well, but the easiest way for Nebraska to get a win or two out of these last two is for that running game suddenly to to find some success doesn't seem all that likely but hats off to grant for getting to where he's at it's it's sort of shocking to stop and look at wow he's at 880 yards and it doesn't feel like he's had much room to operate well he hasn't had much room to operate all season but hasn't had many yards to show for it particularly over this back half so we'll see if nebraska can can get him going Third on the list, and this is a a symmetry play for me, Wisconsin's three key players were an outside linebacker, a running back, and a safety. So I'm going to go with the safety here as well. And that safety I am going with is Marquise Buford Jr. for a very specific reason. Wisconsin's 5-0 this year when winning the turnover battle. 
it's 0 and 5 when the turnover battle is even or negative. Who's Nebraska's best bet to get a takeaway or two? I'll go with Buford, who has two interceptions and a forced fumble on the season. The cornerbacks, Quentin Newsom, eight pass breakups, that's being in and around the ball pretty often, or Malcolm Hartzog, who has two interceptions of his own, could be solid bets too. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. That's going to take us to halftime. Here's meteorologist Rusty Dawkins with Saturday's forecast for the 11 a.m. kickoff in Lincoln. And it might be a pretty important one in terms of how this game unfolds. You can follow Rusty at, at HuskerWeather on Twitter and check HaleVarsity.com throughout the week for continued weather updates. Hi, everybody. I'm meteorologist Rusty Dawkins for Hale Varsity. This is the IAD Preview Podcast forecast. And, uh, well... Wisconsin's coming to town, so I think they're bringing the cold air with them because it's just, it's going to be a really cold game November 19th, Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff. Unfortunately, it's a, an, a morning game, uh, well, a morning kickoff, and that means it's going to be even colder. Uh, temperature wise, we should be uh, right around 50 for a high and in the middle 20s for lows. And uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get anywhere close to that, uh, that average high. So here's your forecast. If you're out and about early in the morning, well, and really any time of the day, bundle up. It's going to be a cold and uh, blustery kind of day. We'll start off in the morning at 6 a.m. with mostly clear to partly cloudy skies. Temperatures around 16, 17 degrees. Uh, and with a northwest wind that's only at 5 to 15 miles per hour, we'll still get a wind chill that's pretty close to zero. So by 8 a.m., with those partly cloudy skies and temperatures slowly warming up into the lower 20s, but the wind starts to pick up. It'll be out of the northwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour. So your wind chill by 8 a.m. is around 7, maybe 8. That's it. 10 a.m., partly cloudy, tad warmer, 24 degrees, but a tad windier. Northwest wind at 10 to 25 miles per hour. So that wind chill, a little better, but still in the middle teens. So by kickoff, uh, partly cloudy, temperatures trying to get into the upper 20s, but uh, that northwest wind should start to peak uh, around kickoff. So a northwest wind at 15 to 30 miles per hour, and that wind chill will still be in the middle teens. By halftime, 
Uh, you're looking at mostly sunny to partly cloudy skies. We do try to get to around 30. Again, our average high is in the 50s, so this is this hurts a little bit. 30 degrees by halftime. That northwest wind still around at 15 to 30 miles per hour, so the wind chill uh, still in the upper teens to around 20. And we continue that as we head towards the end of the game. Mostly sunny to partly cloudy skies. Temperatures trying to get to the freezing mark, so around 32, maybe 33 degrees. That northwest wind starts to die down, but still out of the northwest at 15 to 20 or 25 miles per hour. So your wind chill is a painful 20 or 22 degrees. So it's just overall bundle up, lots of layers, lots of gloves, lots of hats, all, all that you can do uh, to stay warm. Now, uh, it doesn't look like there's any precipitation in this forecast, but if there are any updates, you can always follow my social media pages, uh, Husker Weather uh, for all Husker Weather all the time, uh, Rusty WX, that's my personal one for all Lincoln, all Nebraska, really anything weather related uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. And of course, all the Hail Varsity channels and website where I'll have updates on there as well. Go Big Red. Okay, the band is off field and the second half is underway. Everyone knew Nebraska faced a make or break year entering 2022, but I don't know that many looked at Wisconsin ranked 18th to start the season and thought the Badgers might be in a position to make a coaching change of their own. After starting two and three under Paul Christ, however, that's exactly what Wisconsin did. The Badgers are three and two since under interim head coach, Jim Leonard, the defense, not surprisingly remained strong, easily the strongest unit in this game on either side. While the offense from a numbers perspective, isn't all that different than Nebraska's. Throw in below freezing temperatures, and what do you have? How did the Huskers come away with a win? Here are three keys I'll be keeping an eye on on Saturday. Key number one, make Mertz do it. After a nearly perfect debut in his first game as the starter in 2020, quarterback Graham Mertz has had a rocky road. Relatively speaking, his 2022 season has been solid, Mertz's 141.7 QB rating is the highest of his career. He's thrown 18 touchdowns to eight interceptions. That said, he can still be a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. In Wisconsin's five wins, his passer rating is 188.3, with 11 touchdowns to one interception. In five losses, it's 109.3, with seven touchdowns to seven interceptions. Notably, Mertz averages 19.8 pass attempts in wins this season. He averages 28 attempts in losses. Take away Wisconsin's preferred mode of transportation, the run game, and the Badgers struggle to beat teams through the air. Of course, stopping that run game is easier to say than it is to do. While facing the top of the order, so to speak, of Big Ten running backs the last three weeks, the Huskers have given up some yards but they've also made those elite running backs earn most of what they got. For example, last week, Blake Corm rushed for 162 yards, outgaining the Nebraska offense by himself, but his longest run was 12 yards. Nebraska under Bill Bush has done a decent job keeping big plays down. And while Allen has big play ability, this Wisconsin offense as a whole is below average in terms of explosiveness. That's helpful for Nebraska, but the Huskers can't give up 5.4 yards per carry like they did a week ago. Nebraska needs some run stuffs, some stops in the backfield, simply some short gains. The best way to measure how Nebraska is doing on that front 
might actually be Mertz's number of pass attempts. Wisconsin's offense is happiest when those are under 20. It means they're having some success running the football. When it climbs to 25 or more pass attempts, however, things get uncomfortable. Mertz is 1-9 as a starter over three seasons when attempting 25 or more passes. His lone win when doing so came earlier this year when Mertz threw 29 times in a win over Northwestern. Defensively for Nebraska, that's the number to hit, 25 pass attempts. It's going to mean not just keeping the running game in check, but actually winning on the majority of rushes. It's doable. For all the yards Allen has accumulated, the Badgers' rushing success rate, 43.1%, ranks 79th. That's eight spots behind Nebraska's, and it doesn't feel like the Huskers have been able to run the ball at all since early October. Key number two, passing fancy. So here's the bad news. The path of least resistance against this Wisconsin, Wisconsin defense is through the air. Under perfect conditions, this would align with Nebraska's abilities pretty well. Perfect conditions including... A, weather conducive to throwing the football. Not going to have that. In addition to freezing temperatures, wind could also be a factor on Saturday. And B, Casey Thompson, a quarterback. Might not have that either, though Thompson did practice this week in a limited fashion. and might be as close to playing as he has been in weeks. So, without perfect conditions, does Nebraska have another card to play here? I'm not sure it does. This Wisconsin defense isn't quite what it has been in recent years, but it's not that far off. Like clockwork, the Badgers gave up about 17 points a game in 2019, 2020, and 2021. You played Wisconsin, that was just about what you were going to get. This year, Wisconsin's giving up nearly 21 points per game, so four points worse. That said, 21 points still isn't a lot. And this defense is still plenty tough against the run. Top 25 in both rushing success rate and explosive rush percentage allowed. The Huskers can, and probably will, try to hammer away away at the Badgers on the ground. The weather's just going to incentivize that. But it would be extremely surprising if they could actually win the game that way. Weather and QB availability be damned. Nebraska's going to have to find opportune times to hit for some big plays in the passing game. The number to hit here is probably seven yards per attempt. The Badgers are two and three when allowing that this season, beating Illinois State, which you can kind of throw out, and Purdue, which also threw three interceptions. Meanwhile, Washington State beat the Badgers at 7.1 yards per attempt. Illinois was at exactly seven yards per attempt. Michigan State hit for 9.7 in its October win, and the Spartans hadn't been doing anything close to that up to that point. Nebraska had been doing numbers close to that. Over Nebraska's first eight games, it averaged better than seven yards per attempt six times, and its season average is still 7.8. In two complete games without Thompson, however, Nebraska averaged 4.7 and 3.6 yards per pass attempt super low. That's November football in a nutshell. Teams have things they've proven they can do at this stage in the season. But do conditions cooperate? Do they still have the players available 
to do what they've already proven they can do. We'll see on Saturday, having Thompson available, even with adverse weather conditions, would sure go a long way to helping Nebraska get there, but that remains an unknown. And because of that, this remains a tough spot for Nebraska's offense. Key number three, move someplace warmer. Now, I'm not advocating for Nebraska football to leave Lincoln, though if it wants to remain the San Diego of the Big Ten once USC and UCLA join, it will literally have to move to San Diego. What we're actually talking about here is field position. It'll be cold all over the field on Saturday, but starting to drive 80 yards from goal sure feels a lot colder than 60 yards does. No greater football authority than Tom Osborne himself has said field position is often a pretty good indicator of how good a team is overall because everything goes into field position. Good field position is not going three and out, and it's forcing three and outs. It's forcing takeaways, but avoiding giveaways. It's making smart decisions on special teams, etc., etc. It all contributes in ways obvious and sometimes not. For what feels like the fourth or fifth straight year, Nebraska's offense is dealing with awful field position most of the time. The Huskers' average drive starts 74.3 yards from goal. It's 129th nationally. The Badgers' average drive starts 70.4 yards from goal, 55th nationally, or just about average. Somehow, some way, Nebraska has to flip that on Saturday. On the season, Wisconsin's 5-1 when it has a field position edge including 3-0 under Jim Leonard. That means the Badgers are 0-4 on the year when they don't have it. That'll be the third number to hit Saturday. Have any edge whatsoever in field position. Turnovers probably decide that battle. That's the case most games. You think about what the difference in terms of average starting field position, that one super short field or even two medium length fields can make. And we've already noted that the Badgers are 5-0 and when winning the turnover battle this season. Take that part of it out for a second, because those are always tough to account for. If this game is trending towards a cold, close-quarters fight, it puts an emphasis on decision-making, too. Where a team might be aggressive under sunnier conditions, Saturday might reward a more conservative approach. The Huskers have had a lot of practice punting over the past three games. Maybe here, Nebraska can make those extra reps count. That's the show for this week. Thanks for listening, and as always, if you like the show, do your podcast chores, rate, review, tell a friend. Better yet, if you want more of this type of content, consider subscribing to Hale Varsity. In addition to access to everything we publish online, you'll also get 11 high-quality issues a year delivered straight to your mailbox. Listeners of this show can get a discount on their subscription by using the promo code I80 at checkout. For more details, visit hailvarsity.com slash subscribe. And if you're looking for gift options as we enter the holiday season, make sure you're following Hail Varsity on the social platform of your choice we'll have some news coming up on all of those platforms as we move towards the end of the year thanks again for listening and talk to you next week a huda media production